0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 33 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. It's terrific to have you in on a Tuesday this week. I am a few days late on an episode, but I do want to say thank you, a big thank you to all of you, all the fans that listen to this, because my last episode... Was leaps and bounds ahead of the other ones in terms of views, listens. I had over eighty listens, eighty-four listens on SoundCloud, and I've been averaging around you know ten to fifteen, and I've had some in the twenties. So I just want, I I just want to say thank you to everyone that listened. That was a great episode uh, with one of my good friends Jordan, who co-hosted with me. So if you haven't checked that out, please check that out cuz I thought that was some some great stuff that we that we put out there for you guys. Uh but right now, I mean, it's a it's a rough patch in sports right now. There's not a lot going on. I mean, unless you're a a, a baseball fan, like there's really not much going on. Preseason's going on in the NFL. Not that exciting. I don't really get too hyped for for preseason football. The NBA is completely non existent at this point. Uh, there's no hockey. And that, and that's really that's really it right now. Right now it's just preseason football and baseball. Um but let's jump right into, the, into today's show. I want to start with the Eagles and the Patriots. Uh, as you guys know, they were in the Super Bowl this past year, and I'm gonna discuss which team is more likely to have a Super Bowl hangover. And to me, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a hangover for either team because I think both teams—I don't think either team's gonna just flat out play like awful. But I think the team who is not as well equipped to make another Super Bowl run is the New England Patriots. If you just look at the roster difference, their their offensive line, they lost Nate Solder to the New York Giants. They drafted a guy, Isaiah Wynn, at offensive guard. He's out for the season with the torn Achilles. They also lost their right tackle, Cameron Fleming, to the Dallas Cowboys. So they have three starters missing from their offensive line. The Patriots have no wide receivers right now. Edelman's out for the first four games. They do have Chris Hogan. And they signed Eric Decker. But other than that, besides Hogan and Gronk at the moment, that's really all they have on offense. And then they have a pretty solid committee of running backs with Rex Burkhead, uh, James White, Sony Michel, and Jeremy Hill. That's a very solid running back committee. But as far as receivers and pass catchers, they don't have a lot. Offensively, it's not looking too good for them this year. Now, Tom Brady, I'm not concerned about their offense that much, though, in terms of their receivers, because Tom Brady can turn anybody into a wide receiver, a good one. Tom Brady can pull fans out of the stands and make them a wide receiver. I've said that before. I am concerned about the offensive line, though, because Tom Brady, even though he's never had an elite offensive line, he's always had a decent one. And right now, I don't think it's a very good offensive line. It might be bottom third of the league. And defensively, they only have one Pro Bowl player in Dante Hightower who was out all of last year. They do have the McCourty brothers, though, Devin and Jason McCourty, and they did get Danny Shelton from the Browns. So it's their defense isn't awful, but it's certainly not a defense I would want to rely on. Last year they were very much a bend, don't break defense, and this year it's I think it's going to be much of the same. As far as the Eagles go, I think they are far far better off, more well-equipped to make another run at the Super Bowl. They are in a tougher conference in the NFC. There's a, The NFC's loaded. But they're defensively, they've got a top-five defense in the league. They have so much talent on defense. Offensively, they have a committee of, of great running backs. Jay Ajayi, Darren Sproles is coming back, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. They're all they're all coming back. As far as receivers go, they have Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Wallace, and they have Zach Ert. Like they, they offensively, they just have so much talent. Their offensive line is top five in the league, top ten. Carson Wentz could be out for the first few weeks just because of rehab from his torn ACL. But if they have Nick Foles at quarterback for a few weeks, I think they're going to be fine. And Nick Foles also got hurt in preseason as well. So they might have a question mark over their heads with the quarterback situation. But I think once they get Wentz back and once they kind of get him eased back into things and he gets his rhythm back, I think the Eagles are going to be a solid team. I don't think they're going to win their division. But I do think they're a playoff team, a wild card team. And for the Patriots, I still think they win their division, regardless of how good or bad they are. Because the other three teams in their division are not that good. The Bills are awful. Decent defense, offense, eh. Outside of LeSean McCoy, it's pretty gross. The Jets... The uh, the Jets aren't that good either. The offensive line is awful. They're gonna make a mistake in starting a rookie quarterback, and their defense is very young. And then the Dolphins. Their defense is okay. Ryan Tannehill's all right, better than given credit for, but he's all right. And they lost their best best receiver, Jarvis Landry. So I don't know how good they're gonna be this year. And that's why I would I would still give the nod to the Patriots to win the division. But as far as which team I think is going to be under more of a hangover, I think it's the Patriots, just because they're nowhere near as well-equipped as the Eagles. All right, and then in training camp, Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars was asked his opinion on several quarterbacks in the NFL, and he, gosh, he rallied off opinions on probably 20 quarterbacks, 25 quarterbacks, pretty much the entire league, but he said, and as I read these, I'm just going to say whether or not I agree, he said, Josh Allen is trash. Can't really we can't really say that yet. He hasn't played in a proper NFL game. But I would lean towards the the downside more than upside for Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield, he said he gets how he was the top pick. I do as well. I think he is an extremely accurate quarterback. Very much like a case Keenum. Uh I think Baker Mayfield is going to be pretty good. Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jalen Ramsey said he's going to do a good job. I think eventually Lamar Jackson is going to do a good job. I don't think he's going to be great early in his career. He said Joe Flacco sucks, which the last few years he hasn't been good. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady don't suck, which is true. <laughs> they are the two best quarterbacks in the league, so of course they don't suck. He says Tyrod Taylor is underrated, and I would 100% agree with that that is 100% accurate. Mariota, Marcus Mariota is a good game manager, and I would agree with that. Only my only knock on Marcus Mariota though is that he doesn't talk. He's very quiet. He is a non-verbal player at a verbal position, quarterback. Quarterback is supposed to be the most verbal position probably in sports. And he doesn't talk, which is a problem. Jalen said Jimmy Garoppolo is good, which right now it looks like it. He's seven and zero in his in all of his starts. He said Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz will both be future MVPs, which I would agree with. And last year, I think Wentz was gonna be the MVP until he got hurt. And Deshaun Watson was also on pace until he got hurt midway through the year. Ramsey said that Jared Goff is average to above average. I wouldn't say he's average. I would say he's above average. I would would rate him at a B B plus. He said Dak Prescott is okay. Kirk Cousins is a winner. Um, He's only won his division one time, so I don't think so. And they were mediocre last year. Unless he means he's got a winning attitude. I don't know. Russell Wilson is good. Absolutely. Roethlisberger, decent at best. And Ramsey's only saying that because they beat the Steelers twice last year. Uh, Eli Manning, he said, Odell makes him. And I think that is dead on accurate. And I think the only reason Eli has two Super Bowls is because of his defense and because of some lucky, some lucky breaks like the David Tyree catch. Eli is gonna be a Hall of Famer one day. I don't think he should be though. But he's the only reason he's gonna get in is because he has two Super Bowls. His own quarterback Blake Bortles says he does. Uh, he does what he has to, which is true. Blake Bortles is nothing more than a really, a really a game manager. He's very, he's, he's limited. He said Nick Foles is good enough to win a Super Bowl, and that's pretty evident since they won one with him. He said Drew Brees is really good. Doesn't think Andrew Luck is that good says Stafford is straight. I'm guessing that means he's good or okay. And he says Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he hasn't heard good things about Ryan Tannehill, and then he and that he thinks Matt Ryan is overrated. I would agree with the vast majority of these opinions, but I do want to touch on the Lamar Jackson one because I. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, and yeah, let's just jump into that. So as far as Lamar Jackson goes, I do not think he's ready to play. If you look at the statistics in preseason, Lamar Jackson, and I I get that it's preseason, but really, if you think about it, he's not playing first-team defense. He's playing second- and third-team players. Which should kind of help you out a little bit. And Lamar Jackson is passing for, he's, his completion percentage is 42% right now. And every other rookie in the first round is over 50%. Baker's over 60%. Sam Darnold's around 55%. Josh Allen's around 52%. Like Every other quarterback in preseason is over 50% completion percentage. Lamar Jackson is under 45. He's at 42%, and that's not very good. And I think one of the the things about Lamar Jackson coming into the draft was he was a project, not a prospect. Like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, they're all prospects. But Allen and, and Lamar Jackson, they're projects. It's the same thing as when Tim Tebow was drafted. Tim Tebow was probably a a second third round quarterback and he was drafted in the first round. Lamar Jackson I think is a I think can be really good down the line. But the thing about being drafted in the first round is everybody wants you to play immediately. Lamar Jackson is not a first round quarterback. He's a he was a second second or third rounder. And if you're drafted outside the first round, there's no rush to play you. But it doesn't matter what pick you are in the first round. You could be first, 15th, 32nd. If you're in the first round, you're going to be pushed to play early. And Lamar Jackson is going to play early, and he's not going to be ready. And it could be a dumpster fire. Now down the line, I think Lamar Jackson has tremendous upside. If you give him a couple years with his ability to move in the pocket, this, his lightning speed. And if he can work on his, his throwing, I think he can be a star. I think he can be very similar to a Deshaun Watson. Or a Michael Vick from his Falcons days. Lamar Jackson has a ton of talent. He's just not ready yet. He's not ready. And the thing about all these quarterbacks with the, this discussion about all these quarterbacks and what Jalen Ramsey thinks of them. Honestly, this is the best time like in probably NFL history in terms of the talent level of quarterbacks. I mean, right now we have five Hall of Famers playing. We have Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Philip Rivers, and, gosh, I, I can't even think, probably probably four, oh, Ben Roethlisberger also, five Hall of Famers, I think, in my eyes, for sure, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Brady, Rodgers, and I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, he doesn't have the Super Bowl, but he has the numbers of a Hall of Famer. Uh... We have several guys who could be Hall of Famers. We have Russell Wilson. Eli Manning is a borderline Hall of Famer. Andrew Luck has Hall of Fame talent. And we also have a a bunch of young quarterbacks who have, have great talent as young quarterbacks who potentially could be Hall of Famers 15 years down the line. Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. Dak has great talent. Derek Carr is excellent in Oakland. We, like, that's half the league. If you think about that, that's half half of the football league. Half of the NFL could potentially be Hall of Famers. And that's incredible. Just think about that. Yeah, Breeze, Rodgers, Brady, Rivers. Russell Wilson probably right now is a Hall of Famer, so I'll put Russell Wilson in that class. Like those those guys are all Hall of Famers. And then you guys you have guys like Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton is likely gonna be a Hall of Famer with his he's probably the most prolific running quarterback in NFL history. He's got and he's when he is on fire with his arm, he's great. And then you have Dak, Derek Carr, like that's that's some talent right there. Matt Ryan? I even forgot about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan could even be a Hall of Famer. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. He's put up great numbers. He's an MVP. It, right now, the NFL is probably as good as it's ever been in terms of quarterback play. And a lot of people might argue the 90s and the 80s with, with Marino and Elway and Montana and Aikman. But that's only four or five guys. And then after that, the talent level is a huge drop-off. But with today's NFL, you literally have four tiers of excellent quarterbacks. I mean, the drop-off is not that much from tier to tier. It's incredible. Uh, But... I want to shift gears now. The Redskins recently just signed, I think it was yesterday, Adrian Peterson. The Redskins lost their second-round draft pick, Darius Geis, to a torn ACL just recently. So they were in the running back market. And they signed AP. And honestly... I think a p is done. I think he just needs to hang it up. I honestly feel bad for Adrian Peterson because I know the guy wants to play so bad, and he believes in himself, and he still thinks he's a guy who can carry the ball three hundred times a year, but he's just not that guy anymore. he's over he's he's like thirty four years old. And once a running back hits 30-31, they're done. And they hit a massive decline. And I, I feel bad because he's going to be more... He, when he went to New Orleans last year, he was with Kamara and Mark Ingram, and it didn't work. He was a third-string guy, and he wanted carries. Then he went to Arizona. He had two good games, and that was it. And now he's going to the Redskins which is essentially the same situation as what, he, what it was in New Orleans. They've got Samaje Pirine there. They have Rob Kelly there. They have Chris Thompson there. That's three running backs right there. Now, if you were telling me you were bringing in Adrian Peterson to start, that'd be great, but I don't think he's going to. Like Adrian Peterson's going to be backing up Samaje Pirine. And Chris Thompson, like, that's just, like, this guy is the easily the best running back of this generation. Well, actually, I would say of his generation, because we're sort of entering a new generation of running backs. This guy's the best running back of his generation, and he's marginalizing himself by trying to continue to play. And I think right now it's just time for him to hang up the cleats. And to take that jersey off. I think it's time. Adrian Peterson is a hall he's a for sure first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think it's just time for him to realize that his best days are long gone. All right, let me shift gears now to the continuation of my NFL record predictions. We have three more divisions left, and we're going to do the NFC South today with the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Buccaneers. Right now, I think the New Orleans Saints are going to win the NFC South. They are, they've are they essentially got the same team as last year. Drew Brees at 39 years old is incredible. Their offensive line has gotten a lot better over the last few years. Michael Thomas is a star wide receiver. A young star. Alvin Kamara is a... He's Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I think this guy in a year or two is going to be better than Le'Veon. If he's not close to that already. And defensively, I think they've got one of the best defenses in the league. Marshawn Lattimore is a top five corner who's extremely young. They drafted Marcus Davenport in the, in the first round of the draft this year. I think is an excellent edge rusher. Cameron Jordan is also a great pass rusher. They've got a great team. And I really think they're going to be set up very well for a deep playoff run this year and potentially first seed in the NFC playoffs. 12-4, the New Orleans Saints. Now at second and third in the division, I have the Falcons and Panthers both at 10-6. and six, And it would just depend on the tiebreaker for whoever finishes second. But as far as the Falcons go, their offense, I think, is is actually better than last year. They lost Taylor Gabriel, but they added Calvin Ridley, which is, I think, an upgrade. So, throwing the ball, I don't think, is going to be any problem as far as options to throw to. But I think Matt Ryan, I think he's still on a hangover a little bit. I don't know. And I... Like I would have the Falcons higher. It's just that their division is so tough, and Matt Ryan is a teensy bit overrated that I can't put them much higher than than ten and six. Maybe I could go eleven and five, but I think ten and six is a solid number. They'll still probably make the playoffs as a wild card with with this record but I think the Saints are going to give them a lot of trouble this year. And then the Panthers, I think it's all about finding consistency with Cam Newton. They drafted DJ Moore in the first round this year, receiver out of Maryland. I think their passing game is going to be better. It's just whether or not Cam can stay consistent. He's going to have the options. He's got Greg Olison and DJ Moore and Devin Funches, but it's just whether or not he can hit those guys. McCaffrey's coming back for year two. He's excellent. And their defense, when Luke Kuechly plays, is phenomenal. But that's also another question mark: Is Luke Kuechly going to get hurt again? Is Cam going to be consistent? So I have the Panthers at 10 and 6. And lastly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them at 4 and 12. Uh, This, honestly, they might be one of the worst teams in the league this year I think them and the Bills are going to be the worst two teams this year Jameis Winston is suspended the first three games and I just I just don't think their team is the receiving core Deshaun Jackson's another year older and he's kind of regressed as the years have went along Mike Evans is still a stud-wide receiver, top five or six receiver in the league. But defensively, I just I don't know how I feel about their defensive personnel. Their defense has always been their weakest part of their team. Without a strong defense, or at least without a decent defense, you're not going to do good. And especially in a tough division like this, You have to win at least 10 games to make the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to do that. And I think with all the drama surrounding Jameis Winston, with everything that's went on with him, I think this is his last year in Tampa Bay. I don't think he's going to be the guy for Tampa Bay moving forward. And with this record, I think they're going to draft a quarterback next year in the first round. James Winston is going to be out next year. After this year, after this terrible year they're going to have, he'll be out and they're going to be starting fresh with someone new. So the Bucks 4 and 12. Uh next week we will do the NFC East and then the following week after that we will do we will finish off our NFL record predictions with the NFC West. But as of right now, NFC South, Saints 12 and 4, Falcons 10 and 6, Panthers 10 and 6, and the Tampa Bay Bucks 4 and 12. Alright, and with the NFL rolling around the corner, it is fantasy football season. And I just had my fantasy football draft last night me and my group of friends from high school we've been doing it for the last few years and this is our first year of doing it with us kind of all most of us all going our separate ways going off to college so last night was the draft and I thought I had a pretty pretty great draft but I want to share with you guys what i feel is the best draft strategy and this also this all depends really on what position you have in the draft whether you're third first pick of the of the draft or if you're last pick of the draft it really varies but a general rule of thumb for me is always take running back first in the first round this year, the first round of the draft is loaded with running backs. If, it's, if this is a 10-team league, you're for sure going to get a running back at one of those 10 picks. Now, if it's a 12-team, 14-team league, if you're later in, that, in the first round, around 12-13, those top-tier running backs are probably going to be gone. So I would take a running back, first pick of the draft. Uh, somewhere in the first round, wherever you may be. Second round, I think that's where you got to get your receiver. If it's early first, if it's early second round, you're gonna get your Odell's, Julio's, DeAndre Hopkins, those kind of guys. Later in the second round, you're gonna get guys like Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin, Tyree Kill, guys like that, Larry Fitzgerald. But that's what I would do. I was as I would go, running back first round, receiver second round third round again i would go either running back or receiver whichever is best available at that position if there's a running back if the best running back is better than the best receiver take the running back or vice versa and then fourth round this is really up to you i would either take your second receiver or running back depending on what you did in the third round or i would take quarterback and i wrestled with this yesterday my, I was third pick of the draft in a 10 team league. I took David Johnson, third pick. Second round, I got Keenan Allen. Third round, I took Jordan Howard of the Bears. And I was gonna take a receiver. I was looking at, at, uh, Doug Baldwin, I believe, with the Seahawks. But Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady had been taken off the board at quarterback. So I took Deshaun Watson with my fourth-round pick because I needed to get a quarterback. And I think that's honestly what you probably should do is go running back, receiver, and then, again, one of those two in the third round, and then get your quarterback to sure up your quarterback. And then fourth round, or I'm sorry, fifth round, then you get your other running back or receiver, depending on... You know what you did previously, as I've said before. So basically the first five rounds you're gonna get wanna get running backs, receivers, and a quarterback. That is my rule. Is what I that's what I always go by. And then after that, round six, that's where I go get my tight end. Now by that time your top level guys are gonna be gone. Gronkowski's gonna go. gonna be gone. Travis Kelsey is going to be gone. Zach Ertz is probably going to be gone. And Greg Olson is probably going to be gone. But you're going to be left with guys like Jordan Reed, Evan Ingram, Tyler Eifert. Some pretty solid tight ends. I would recommend taking one of those guys in the sixth round rather than taking Gronk in the second round or Travis Kelsey in the third. You want to sure up your receivers and running backs and quarterback before you even take a tight end. Tight end, I don't think, is near as valuable as a position as your running backs or receivers. So I would go tight end sixth round. You're guaranteed to get a guy like Jordan Reed or Evan Ingram in the sixth round. Then after that, I would go defense. I would go get the Jacksonville Jaguars or best available if the defense is already starting to go. And I made a mistake yesterday of trying to predict one of my friend's picks, and I accidentally gave him the idea to take the Jags when I was going to take him with my pick. And I was literally like three picks after him. I still got the Rams defense, but I I screwed up. So, but I would go after you get your tight end, get a defense, and then I would, after that, I would start getting your backup running back. Get another receiver maybe. Load up on those. Kicker, I wouldn't necessarily worry about until the final couple rounds. Because you don't need one of those top level kickers. You can still get a guy like Mason Crosby like the last round. Dan Bailey in the last round. So you don't need a kicker like right you don't need one very early you don't but basically i'm going to run through with you guys what i did yesterday and it's going to follow the same general premise that i just explained to you my first pick of the it was third pick of the draft i got david johnson second round i got keenan allen third round jordan howard fourth round I got Deshaun Watson, fifth round, I went back to receiver and got Amari Cooper from the Raiders, and then sixth round I did not follow my rule here, generally I would go tight end, but this is where my mistake came in, I accidentally gave the idea to my friend To give a tight end by trying to guess what he was going to take. Or not tight end, defense. So he took the Jaguars when I was going to take one. But instead I took the Rams because they were best available and I wanted to make sure I I would get them. And then in the 7th round I went back to tight end and I still got Jordan Reed in the 7th round. Which I was super excited about. Then I went and got Chris Thompson running back from Washington, a great receiving back. And then I'm not sure about the rest of the order here, but I believe I got Corey Davis, receiver from Tennessee. I picked up Will Lutz, kicker from the New Orleans Saints. I got Dak Prescott as my backup quarterback. I picked up Jack Doyle as my backup tight end, which I thought was pretty good value considering he's a starting tight end, and then I got the Bears defense for as a backup for bye weeks, and then my last pick was DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers, who I think is a sleeper this year. If there's a guy you're going to get late in your draft, get DJ Moore generally I like to try to even out my roster I like to get two quarterbacks three running backs four receivers two tight ends two kickers and two defenses but this year I only went with the one kicker because I saw DJ Moore there and I really wanted to pick him up and really you don't need two kickers I just generally do it for the bye week and then after the bye week has passed for my starting kicker I just ship off the other one and I just drop them And I generally do the same for defenses as well. It just depends on your situation. But that's how I like to draft. Is I like to get. I I like to try to make my roster as even as possible. So that's some some fantasy football tips and tricks from me. And hopefully you guys have a great draft. If you follow those tips, I'm promise you you're gonna have a solid team unless of course you're in like a 14 team league or a 16 team league then that kind of sucks because the talent level is going to drop each round more and more players are going to be gone but uh i want to talk about this for a few minutes this will be the last segment of the show moving on to some nba and it's just a quick Quick little thing, the Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, this was probably a week or so ago, called LeBron James the GOAT by, quote, by a bit of a margin. Uh, and obviously the GOAT debate is something we could talk about for hours and compare statistics. Statistically, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. He's a better. He... He averages more points per game. He's a much better passer, better rebounder. I don't know if he's a better defender because Michael Jordan was a pretty good defender. But statistically, LeBron all around is a better player than Michael Jordan. But another thing I factor into winning is, or into, gee, messed up my own point there. Another thing I factor into the goat debate is winning. Michael Jordan's six and zero, and LeBron is three and five. Like that's huge. Now, if you want to say LeBron is the most valuable player of all time, absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. But that doesn't mean he's the greatest of all time, because you, in order to be the greatest, you have to win. That's why Tom Brady's the greatest in, in NFL history. Because he's won more often than not. LeBron's lost more often than he's won, and then granted, he's went up against the Warriors three or four the last four years, and he's went up against four Hall of Famers the last two years. But still, like you got to at least put up a few games instead of getting swept and beat four one. And swept in 7 against the Spurs. And beaten 5 against the Spurs. Like. A lot of those series weren't even close. And this last point I want to make. And really I think this. This is extremely valid. And it's a question. Who do you think of. When you hear the number. 23. If you think of Michael Jordan, there's your answer. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. But if you think of LeBron James, then LeBron's the GOAT to you. But for me, I think most people, when they hear the number 23, they think of Michael Jordan. And if that's the case, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever live. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna leave it at that. At that. It's simple as that. Period point blank. But alright, guys, that's my show. Once again, I want to thank you guys for the great viewership on the last episode. That was fantastic. Let's try to get somewhere close to the same this time. That would be amazing. Make sure you guys rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. Follow me on SoundCloud also. Follow the show on Twitter at The Will Ford Show. I'd like to try to push another episode out this weekend. So we'll see you guys soon. It's WFS.